Welcome to Unabashed You, conversations to become who you already are. The focus at UI is to be who you are without apology, for you are one of a kind, without equal. Be encouraged as these conversations will help you think, celebrate who you are, and move you in some way. Your companion to the whimsy and beauty of the human spirit, Rochelle Condi now. Molly and I got connected through Audrey, a podcast platform. We met up and decided to do an episode swap at her invitation. I do marvel at how we can connect with others. In this conversation, Molly shares some wild experiences she's had with animals and the belief that she has in actualizing the potency of who we are. Here is what I know about Molly Mandelberg. She's a visionary who's interested in healing and transformation. Among other endeavors, she has a podcast called Wild Hearts Rise Up and a tagline as follows. When I contribute to my people, the world transforms. Don't you love the power and simplicity of that? I know I do, and I'm greatly looking forward to this conversation. Welcome to the show, Molly. Hi, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's wonderful to have you. What would you like listeners to know about you to start? Um, so I work with mostly coaches and holistic practitioners, um, who people who trade in wisdom and guidance who are amazing at what they do, um, but they're often not great at talking about what they do or not great at using <laughs> technology to broadcast their message. So I help them to craft their deep work into inspiring content and hot copy and to tackle the technology necessary so that they can reach more people, make a bigger difference and make more money with less time spent. Right. And that, you know, right now that is so important because it feels like people are doing and trying lots of things, but they might, they might be good at this thing and this thing, but maybe not good at those things. So Mm -hmm. how wonderful that you are in this space to be able to offer that. What, what three words would you use to describe yourself? Um, nomadic, um, motivated, I guess, productive would be a a better word for that and creative. Ooh, those are good words. Okay. And I happen to know a little bit about the nomadic because you, you travel around and you do work from anywhere. So you live out of not all the time, but often your vehicle, correct? Yeah, I have a sprinter van that I've converted into a tiny home that is my main residence. Wow, that yeah. is so fun. I can't wait to tell my son-in-law that he has one too. And I, yeah. I, I'm i not sure that he's ready to cart off his whole family and do that, living it mostly full time, but it, it's very inspiring. Two truths and a lie. Are you familiar with how this goes? Yeah. Fantastic. All right, let's do okay. it. You want, you want two truths and a lie? I want three things and I'm going to see if I can okay. figure out which one is the lie. Um, I rescued my dog from a bobcat attack Whoa. with my bare hands. Oh, <laughs> I, uh, helped, uh, kill a 10 foot long boa constrictor in oh. the jungle once because it was eating someone's cat oh. um, who had more cats. Oh. And I won a cow milking competition at Knott's Berry Farm. Oh my gosh. Okay. 
Here's what's so fascinating about it. Actually, I'm sure, I don't know if you realize all yours have to do with animals. So that's, mm-hmm. that's I was trying to make it a theme. <laughs> okay. I love it. An intentional like the theme. theme. I, yeah. That's very good. I like that. Okay. So, you know, just kind of walking through them, rescuing the dog from the bobcat with your bare hands. That is, I, I really kind of don't say anything yet, but I really hope that one's true because I want to hear the story behind that. The, the boa constrictor, you said 10 feet, so maybe it was four, or maybe it was 11. So where I'm a little thrown by that and the cow milking, you didn't give an age, Knott's Berry Farm, maybe it was the fair, I don't know. So those are very tricky. I'm going to have to go with the uh, the winning the cow milking contest at Knott's Berry Farm as the yeah, lie. That, that was my mom's story, not my story. Oh! Oh my gosh. So I got it right out of the gate. Oh, that's so funny. Borrowed her story. It's a good way to play true truths and a lie because you can know details about a true story with it. Yeah. Not sounding fake. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm not sure that that was ever actually happening in my lifetime. I know that was when (laughs) she was a kid. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so fun. Okay. So we've got to hear about rescuing the bobcat and obviously the boa constrictor story. Yeah. It's funny. I'm actually parked in my friend's driveway in Tucson, Arizona right now where the bobcat happened. (gasps) So I was sitting at my desk as I am at this moment and I had the door open and the dog on the leash right outside the door, which we used to do bobcat very often. He likes to lay in the sun and I like to work. And so he gets to do what he loves and I get to do what I love. Yeah. And as I'm sitting there, fortunately, it was a call that I was muted. I was participating in a call, not facilitating the call, which normally 90% of the time I'm the one unmuted and facilitating the call. So I heard him scream out. I looked outside. There was a giant cat on top of him. I like clapped my hands and yelled no. And Within 10 seconds, I was out of the van and without thinking or hesitating at all, I grabbed the cat by the nape of its neck and just tossed it off of him. Oh, it was like a 30 or 40 pound cat. In the moment, I thought it was a mountain lion. He, the dog ran under the van. He was on his leash. So I pulled his leash, picked him up, put him in the van. And as I look back to like slam the door to be like, we need to be safe here. What's going on? I look back and realize it was a bobcat, not a mountain lion. It was just standing like 20 feet away, looking at us like you just took my lunch away from me, Um, which normally that I mean, if I had been unmuted, even that cat would have probably realized there was a person here and been scared off. But it looked like just a sunbathing little treat on the ground. Um, perfectly roped up for its pleasure. Oh my God. Yeah. It was very traumatizing. The dog was mostly okay. He had some scratches. We went to the vet. He got a new rabies shot. Um, We were both very shaken up, but it was only a few months into me having adopted this dog. And that really like solidified our bond. And I will say I wrote an amazing blog post about it and ended up recording it as a podcast too. But I was talking about the story with my friends at dinner. It was during the Tucson gem show a few years ago. And we came to this like joke about not today, Bobcat, like not like we will not be thwarted. You cannot take our life. You cannot take our joy. We are going to have a good time. We are going to live like full out and not today. Bobcat became like my motto for the year of like, you cannot (laughs) fuck with us. Excuse my language. You, you were determined to prevail. Yeah, we were un- we are unstoppable. We're un- 
uneatable. <laughs> do you do you look back on that and wonder how you even had the chutzpah to grab the back of a wild animal's neck? Do you, yeah. are you like in a state of awe? I that? was, you know, I feel like I would have been more traumatized if I hadn't, I shared the story with people on social media, like immediately after it happened and everyone was like, wow, you're a badass. And hearing that actually helped like transmute the trauma a little bit to be like, wow, that was an amazing thing I did. I didn't really acknowledge that. I was like forced to acknowledge the potency of that after the fact, which actually helped me a lot in not feeling like, oh my God, everything's out to get us. Right. So yeah, it was powerful. And I mean, it, it, I, it was maybe stupid, probably. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone, but <laughs> oh, I was also yes. not going to watch my dog be like murdered brutally in front of me. But really when you grab a cat by the nape of its neck, that's how a cat is carried by its mother. So it actually retracts its claws. It was kind oh. of like the smartest place I could have yes. done anything about it. Yes. Um, so it worked out. Right. I, I'm, I'm so, um, intrigued by your instincts. You know, we don't, we just honestly don't know in that fight or flight or freeze or whatever that I guess there's a third F now in that scenario, how you're going to be, you can guess all you want, how you're going to be in an emergency, but you really don't know until you're faced with it. Now for context, tell us how big your dog is like, how many pounds? He at that time was about nine or 10 pounds. Oh my gosh. So that is a snack. Yeah. You said snack. snack. Yeah. Oh oh my gosh. (laughs) Now, was there a difference for you if it had been uh, a mountain lion versus uh... a moment? I didn't have like that moment of like judgment or choice about it. I'm not sure if it had been a much larger animal. (gasps) It was a 30 or 40 pound cat. Right, right, right. A large dog. Yes. Uh, if it had been way bigger, I don't know if I would have done the same thing. I don't know, but gosh, yeah. Well, good for you. And I think you need to make up shirts and other various merchandise that says not today. I'll add that to my Etsy shop (laughs) update coming soon. Yes. Okay. The boa constrictor. I mean, I, I I feel like you're in the jungle in the scenario. Yeah. So I was living in Costa Rica. Um, it was, I think 2009 that we were there. Um, me and my friends got a little cabin on a beach in Mon- Montezuma, which is on the Nicoya Peninsula on the western side of Costa Rica. And this really sweet, uh, older than us, but not old by any means, lady Tracy was living in the cabin in the jungle up above us um, oh. off of the beach. And she was such a sweet hearted person. She would adopt all the stray cats in town. So she had like six cats oh. and one or two of them had gone missing recently. And she calls us down at our house like come up come up like come here now I need you and so the five of us go running into the jungle two flashlights the sun had just gone down it was like dusk we get close to her uh close to her porch and she says stop right there stop right there there's a snake it just killed one of my cats so we're like okay we look with the flashlights there's this giant snake 10 feet long thick around as like a like a (sighs) coke bottle and it was trying to unhook its jaw to eat this cat that it had just, con- you know, constricted and killed. And it was trying to now eat it. And long story short, Tracy was on the phone with animal control. They said, we can't take a snake that big. You have to kill it. And we were like, oh, no. Oh, and I was gosh. thinking, well, this, this snake has its head on a concrete step right now. It's the perfect time if we're going to kill it. It has this backboard of concrete where everything else is like grassy jungle. So like I said, like Tracy, throw us the machete 
on your porch because most of us have machetes in the jungle in Costa Rica to cut coconuts and stuff. Throw us the machete. We have to kill it. And then my friends start yelling, yeah, throw down the machete. Molly's going to kill it. And I'm like, wait a minute. How did you get elected? Yeah. So we end up finding some locals who were on the beach. We were like running down Ayuda, Serpente. And they came up and on the way up, they found this giant like dumbbell somebody had made with like paint cans and concrete and a metal bar. And they used that in addition to the dullest machete ever to kill the snake. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was a big oh event. My goodness. That was, is, a, that's, those are both kind of traumatizing one yeah. far more than the other, but still yeah. that ended know. up being a part of the novel that I was working on in my 20s. <laughs> oh, an epic story. Gosh. I was like, there's some like serious symbolism here. We got to use this. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. One of your favorite movies of all time. Uh, favorite movies of all time, empire records across the universe. And, uh, Almost famous. All of okay. them have to do with music and okay. Music. Okay, so across the universe, why aren't I getting a picture of that one? That's the Beatles movie. Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. And then that first one, Empire Records, is about a bunch of young people who work at a record store. Okay, I don't think I've heard of that one. Yeah, that was I'll like my my teenage years. I watched that like a thousand times. Of course, we got it. We have a few of those, right? Yeah. Oh, very good. Okay, and they all have to do with music. Mm-hmm. So you obviously love music. Music is very important to me. Yeah. Okay. And name a woman that inspires you. My mother is my biggest inspiration. She's a wildly nice. successful writer and creative person. And she's lived an amazing life of success as a creative. That's one. That's so wonderful. And, and, you know, not everybody looks up to their mother in that sort of way. And, and what a gift for her in particular that you do. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. great. It's really fortunate to grow up without somebody telling me, you know, you need to be a doctor, you need to be serious, whatever. I was an architecture student and then dropped it to be an art major. Uh-huh. No questions asked from my family. They were fully supportive. Oh. And when I used to be more, before I started my business, I was a little bit more aimless of a vagabond and wandering soul. And I would call my mom and say like, what am I doing with my life? And her response would be, Molly, you're so obviously on your perfect path. Oh my gosh. What a, another gift. Wow. Wow. Fantastic. Uh, name a piece of wisdom you keep handy. Piece of wisdom I keep handy. Um, I, I don't, I can't say the quote exactly, but from uh, Marianne Williamson's uh, Court, Course in Miracles or whatever her right. version of that book is, she talks about how we are more afraid of our light than our shadow. And I think that is one of the things I think about the most that we shy away from our brilliance more than we're actually afraid of failure. Wow. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm guessing that that is greatly informed, not only who you are as a person, but also then the business that you've created and um, inviting people to step into that light. Right. Exactly. And I, I, I really believe in this show is a lot about that. Uh, being who you are, whoever that is, but being fully you and not letting fear dictate, you know, the squelching of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about that. All right. We are going to take our deeper dive into, we're in the believe series right now. And so we're having discussions about what do you believe? Why do you believe it? And how does that show up in your life? Yes. What, What do you believe? I believe in magic. Okay. 
Um, for me, I was raised believing in the law of attraction and the idea that we have, uh, that we perhaps have many lifetimes and we are on this earth and in bodies to learn lessons and to grow and evolve mm-hmm. as beings. Um, one of the, one of my favorite modalities or sort of set of tools is called access consciousness. And it's all about tapping into what we really know, what we're really aware of and asking questions and sort of making demands of the universe to allow us to own and acknowledge and actualize more of the potency of who we really are. Um, I believe that we are infinite beings who have bodies, not bodies who have consciousness. Okay. Um, Yeah. Mm. Now how, and so you, you touched a little bit on why you believe that is that a result of um, in part, the way you were raised, the readings that you've done, the, yeah, you know, I mean, it's a lot of, uh, I think it was sparked by how I was raised that I had a lot of questions about, you know, what is it to be a human? What is it to be in these bodies? Why are we here? What are we doing? Right. And was those questions were answered with like wisdom from the Akashic record that my mom used to channel and stuff before I was born. Uh I think it started there for sure. And it, it built through my own just passion and curiosity for knowledge and understanding. So I read all the time. I've read dozens of books. Um, my business started as a hypnotherapist because I was at a Brian Weiss workshop about past life regression therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, yeah, the journey of the soul and how we can best manifest our lives and actualize our dreams and elevate into as much consciousness and awareness and like generosity and kindness and honoring and trust and like beauty that we can in these lives. That journey is something that's fascinated me for my whole life. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, that's a lot of my, I mean, I teach business and marketing, but I teach it through the lens of energy and magic and manifestation and doing the inner work so that we can actually line up with what we desire to actualize in our lives. Um, So, yeah. That's interesting because I was just going to ask how that kind of shows up in your life, which it sounds like it does by the way you live, the way you think, the way you feel. Also, you know, you've got a lot of desire and curiosity, as you said, about about life and all the um, different things that you've kind of, I love the word pondered that you've pondered and you've, you've satiated that in the sense that you have done the reading, asked the questions, sought the knowledge. And then I was going to ask, how does that show up then in your business? Yeah. So I've found tools that work for me and then I make it my business to share the tools that work for me. And I also know that, you know, there are dozens and hundreds of different healing modalities and tools for transformation out there. And I think everybody is led to and finds the ones that will work for them. And I think all of them have the potential to work for everyone or for different people. It just depends on sort of the methodology that resonates the most with you. Mm -hmm. Um, But access consciousness and the concept of the law of attraction um, has been the most dynamic as far as tools go in my life. And so all of my programs, whether they're about business or they're about magic, I'll bring in those kinds of tools. And we look at what the energy of what we're trying to create is and how to sort of match up with that so we can create greater things in our lives. Hmm. And how long have you had? It sounds like your business is is multifaceted. That's kind of the impression I'm getting. Have you been on your website and chatted with you and then 
prior and then today. How, um, how, how, what, what came first? I mean, you were, okay, yeah. so you were an arts, you decided to be an art student. And then, so how, just walk us a little bit through that journey. Yeah, so I went to that Brian Weiss workshop and I realized that I wanted to learn hypnosis because I wanted to practice this past life regression therapy process. Mm-hmm. And to do that, I thought I needed to learn the induction process of hypnosis a little bit better to feel comfortable guiding people there. Right. Um, and once I got trained in hypnosis, I was living in a tiny apartment with my boyfriend at the time. And so I couldn't possibly see clients there or even practice this stuff there. So I rented this little office. And when I rented this office, I was like, oh, shoot, I should have liability insurance to do that. I need a business name. If I'm going to have a business name, I need <laughs> cards. If I have cards, I should have a website. And within the span of about 11 days, I like accidentally like poof, popped into being a business owner. Wow. And I did hypnotherapy kind of exclusively for a little over a year. And then slowly shifted into coaching. And as I shifted into coaching, I was really fascinated with the online business model. I wanted to have courses. I wanted to lead workshops. I wanted to have passive income and create many different ways for people to learn what I was learning and share what I was knowing um, or discovering and unpacking. Um, So I geeked out really hard on um, course development, launching of programs, email marketing, Um, social media presence, all of those things. And I got kind of good at that and kept changing my niche as a coach, but just developing so much content every time I changed my focus. And finally, I realized that I had a knack for that and that many of my friends who were coaches and holistic practitioners sucked at it. And so I started letting my friends hire me and that just steamrolled into business and marketing being what I taught and what I do. So is that the bulk of what you're doing now? The um, the marketing and helping others get their they what they're doing out there. Yeah. Um, yes, and it's not all technology and content development. It's also often the energy and the magic and magnetics of business. Can you mm. hold on just one second? Sure. Molly has muted. And she's stepping away for a moment and we will be right back. Here she goes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. No problem. Hey, you know what? We like to keep it real. It's got to be real. So that was a real moment, just like <laughs> the boa constrictor and all the other stuff. Yeah. No problem there. All right. Now, how long since you opened that first office to today, where, how, where are we in your in seven the, years, seven years? Okay. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen um, social media really change. Can you, and this is just my own curiosity. Can you speak to what is positive about it? And then like any kind of changes you see happening or like beware of this kind of a thing. I mean, the biggest thing I think, the biggest shift we're having in social media lately is the reels and TikTok and short video content. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, so easier than ever to go viral on. I think Um, that is the biggest shift. And I think it's more challenging for people who don't want to be in front of a video camera or don't want to show their face as much in their marketing that that's not a modality of platform they want to focus on. um, Even though it's kind of uh, it's a, a a big space to show up in right now. Um, As far as how social media has changed over the years, I mean, it's gotten, at least Facebook has gotten a lot more boring in my opinion. (laughs) It's a lot more like 
formulaic because of the algorithm. You see the same thing posted by 12 different people because they're saying the same thing and just asking a question that has nothing to do with life. And then uh, everybody answers it, you know? Um, So it's a little bit, I've gotten less obsessed with social media more recently. I think the movie, The Social Dilemma sort of pulled a curtain back for a lot of us and how that was draining our lives or being more important to us than real life. Um, It's an amazing tool. If you have a business owner, I think it's important to be on social media in some way, ideally some way that works for you and plays to your strengths. Um, And uh, there are ways to do it from a heart centered and conscious place that invites Mm -hmm. people to more Mm -hmm. hope and more joy. Um, And it doesn't have to be formulaic and it doesn't have to be salesy and it doesn't have to be dumb. Oh, I love that. That yeah. is that is really fantastic. It really is. Because yeah, the salesy part of it, it really can be a turnoff for some of us. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do, do you then engage in all the platforms or you must have knowledge at least of all the platforms to be able to best help? I'm guessing. I'm, I'm guessing. present on many of them. I don't focus that much of my energy. I, I may be posting on TikTok. I think my VA puts my my podcast, on, I mean, on Twitter. My VA puts my podcast on twi- Twitter, I think. And I'm on LinkedIn, but I don't put much energy into those two platforms just because I don't like hanging in that much. And so right. I assume that probably my clients aren't hanging out on them that much. Right, right. I put most of my energy into Instagram and I've been focusing more of my energy on TikTok, although the video content is more of a push for me than writing content on Instagram and taking nice pictures. Um, Instagram is the easiest one for me. And okay. I enjoy hanging out on Instagram. I will say of all the platforms... I get the most joy out of watching TikTok videos. I open that app and I'm like laughing, I'm smiling, I'm like elevated from that space because there's so much creativity, there's so much humor, there's so much like brilliance in people making these silly little one minute videos or less. Um, I love TikTok. Facebook, I show up on there because that's where I host groups, that's where I meet a lot of clients and network in some way, but I don't spend a lot of time like scrolling Facebook anymore because it just doesn't light me up or feel engaging or fun. It feels a little bit too, yeah, structured and algorithmic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've given me a lot of food for thought on uh, the whole social media aspect of things. And I, I do absolutely agree that at this stage of the game, it just seems that we Anybody who's really trying to do something or put something out there really has to have some kind of a social media presence. I I, I almost don't know how you get your word out without having that. Yeah, it takes more legwork. It's doable, but it just takes more legwork. A lot more legwork. And I guess also it might depend on the um, the kind of thing you're putting out there. Yeah. And the kind of clients you're trying to attract. Really, you want to hang out on the platform where your people likely are. And there, I'm sure, are demographics of people that they're not hanging out on social media. Many people are, but I'm sure there (laughs) are some that don't. (laughs) Right. Exactly. This has been so fun, Molly. And and, um, I get to come onto your show here pretty shortly. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Thank you very much for this time and, and sharing who you are with us. It, it's something that 
is a real honor for me to be able to have various people on and have a, a conversation, just, you know, see what you, a little bit of what you're about and, and to know that, that that's received in a way that is, um, you know, very respectful. And I just, I just really think if everybody showed up as fully as themselves, the world would just be a much better place. And that's why your, your, your tagline on your, your uh, website speaks to me so yeah. much. Thank you. Thank you for the time. Yeah. Thanks, Molly. I appreciate Molly's curiosity and desire to dive into the things she finds interesting that have propelled her into how she is living her life. It brought her to the work she is doing, and no doubt, she's been able to come alongside others to maximize their content and to feel good about who they are. (laughs) Sounds familiar, right? The Unabashed You website has a page for each guest filled with photos, quotes, and a blog with embedded audio at unabashedyou.com. You can find the show on other podcast platforms. Want to lend your support and encouragement? We invite you to subscribe, follow, rate, review, and share. On Instagram and Facebook, you can find us under Unabashed You. If you want to connect, the email is unabashedyou at gmail.com for questions, comments, and anything else. If you want to be part of our weekly emailing list highlighting the week's episode, give us a shout. We'd be happy to add you, and your info will never be shared. Website visits, social media, and word of mouth in sharing these episodes makes us discoverable, so thanks for your support there. We want these conversations to help you think, celebrate who you are, and move you in some way. Be encouraged as you continue to listen, read, and be inspired. And now our blessing. Inhale beauty and blessings. Exhale gratitude. Inhale peace. Exhale love. Inhale wonder. Exhale awe. Amen. You know the call. Go be unabashed. Be you.